Chapter One of the Hampstead Mystery. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. The Hampstead Mystery by John R. Watson and Arthur G. Rees. To Arthur Black in memory of old times. Chapter One. Hello, is that Hampstead Police Station? Yes, who are you? Detective Inspector Chippenfield of Scotland Yard. Tell Inspector Selden I want him and be quick about it. Yes, sir. Hang on, sir. I'll put you through to him at once. Detective Inspector Chippenfield of Scotland Yard waited with the receiver held to his ear. While he waited, he scrutinized keenly a sheet of paper which lay on the desk in front of him. It was a flimsy, faintly ruled sheet from a cheap writing pad, blotted and soiled and covered with sprawling letters, which had been roughly printed at irregular intervals, as though to hide the identity of the writer. But the letters formed words, and the words read, "'Sir Horace Fewbanks was murdered last night.' Who did it, I don't know, so it's no use trying to find out who I am. You will find his dead body in the library at Riverbrook. He was shot through the heart. Hello. Is that you, Inspector Chippenfield? Yes, that's you, Solden. Have you heard anything of a murder out of your way? Can't say that I have, have you? Yes, we have information that Sir Horace Fewbanks has been murdered, shot. Mr. Justice Fewbanks shot, murdered. <whistles> Inspector Selden gave expression to his surprise in a long, low whistle which travelled through the telephone. Then he added, after a moment's reflection, There must be some mistake. He's away. Away where? In Scotland. He went there for the twelfth, when uh, the shooting season opened. Are you sure of that? Yes, he rang me up the day before he left to ask us to keep an eye on his house while he was away. There was a pause at the Scotland Yard end of the telephone. Inspector Chippenfield was evidently thinking hard. We may have been hoaxed, he said at length, but I have been ringing up his house and can get no answer. You had better send up a couple of men there at once. Better still, go yourself. It is a matter which may require tactful handling. Let me know, and I'll come out immediately, if there is anything wrong. Stay, how long will it take you to get up to the house? Not more than fifteen minutes in a taxi. Well, I'll ring you up at the house in half an hour. Should our information be correct, see that everything is left exactly as you find it till I arrive. Inspector Selden hung up the receiver of his telephone, bundled up the papers scattered on his desk, closed it, and stepped out of his office into the next room. "'Anyone about?' he hurriedly asked the sergeant, who was making entries in the charge-book. "'Yes, sir. I saw Flack here a moment ago. Get him at once, and call a taxi. Scotland Yard's rung through to say they've received a report that Sir Horace Fewbanks has been murdered.' Murdered? echoed the sergeant in a tone of keen interest. Who told Scotland Yard that? 
"'I don't know. Who was on that beat last night?' "'Flack, sir. Was Sir Horace murdered in his own house? I thought he was in Scotland.' "'So did I. But he may have returned. Ah, here's the taxi.' Inspector Selden had been waiting on the steps for the appearance of a cab from the rank round the corner in response to the shrill blast which the sergeant had blown on his whistle. The sergeant went to the door of the station, leading into the yard, and sharply called, "'Flack!' In response, a police constable, without helmet or tunic, came running up the steps from the basement, which was used as a gymnasium. "'Selden wants you.' Get on your tunic as quick as you can. He is in a devil of a hurry. Inspector Selden was seated in the taxicab when Flack appeared. He had been impatiently drumming his fingers on the door of the cab. Jump in, man, he said angrily. What has kept you all this time? Flack breathed stertorously to show that he had been running and was out of breath, but he made no reply to the official rebuke. Inspector Selden turned to him and remarked severely, "'Why didn't you let me know that Sir Horace Fewbanks had returned from Scotland?' Flack looked astonished. "'But he hasn't returned, sir,' he said. "'He's away for a month at least,' he ventured to add. "'Who told you that?' "'The housemaid at Riverbrook, before he went away.' "'Hm!' The inspector's next question contained a moral rebuke rather than an official one. You're a married man, Flack? Yes, sir. So the housemaid told you he was going away for a month? Well, she ought to know. When did she tell you? A week ago, yesterday, sir. She told me that all the servants except the butler were going down to Delmere the next day. That is Sir Horace's country place, and that Sir Horace was going to Scotland for the shooting, and would put in some weeks at Delmere after the shooting season was over. "'Are you sure he hasn't returned?' "'Quite, sir. I saw Hill, the butler, only yesterday morning, and he told me that his master was sure to be in Scotland for at least a month longer.' "'It's very strange,' muttered the inspector half to himself. "'It will be a deuce-awkward situation to face if Scotland Yard has been hoaxed.' "'Beg your pardon, sir. But is there anything wrong about Sir Horace?' "'Yes. Scotland Yard has received a report that he has been murdered.' Flack's surprise was so great that it lifted the lid of official humility, which habitually covered his natural feelings. "'Murdered!' he exclaimed. "'Sir Horace Fewbanks murdered? You don't say so!' "'But I do say so,' retorted the inspector irritably. He was angry at the fact that the information, whether true or false, had gone direct to Scotland Yard instead of reaching him first. "'When was he murdered, sir?' asked Flack. "'Last night, when you were on that beat.' Flack paled at this remark. "'Last night, sir?' he cried. "'Don't repeat my words like a parrot,' ejaculated the inspector peevishly. Didn't you notice anything suspicious when you were along there? No, sir. Was he murdered in his own house? His dead body is supposed to be lying there now in the library, said Inspector Selden. How Scotland Yard got wind of it is more than I know. We ought to have heard of it before them. How many times did you go along there last night? Twice, sir. About eleven o'clock, and then about three. 
and there was nothing suspicious you saw no one i saw mr roberts and his lady coming home from the theatre but he lives at the other end of tanton gardens and i saw the housemaid over mr fielding's come out to the pillar-box that was a few minutes after eleven i didn't see anybody at all the second time nobody at the judge's place no taxi or anything like that no sir the taxicab turned swiftly into the shady avenue of tanton gardens where sir horace fewbanks lived and in a few moments pulled up outside of riverbrook the house stood a long way back from the road in its own grounds inspector selden and flack passed rapidly through the grounds and reached the front door of the mansion there was nobody about the place seemed deserted and the blinds were down on the ground-floor windows inspector selden knocked loudly at the front door with a big old-fashioned brass knocker and rang the bell he listened intently for a response but no sound followed except the sharp note of the electric bell as flack rang it again while inspector selden bent down with his ear at the keyhole then the inspector stepped back and regarded the house keenly for a moment or two put your finger on that bell and keep on ringing it flack he said suddenly i see that some of the blinds are down but there's one on the first floor which is partly up it looks as though the house had been shut up and somebody had come back unexpectedly perhaps it's hill the butler said flack if he's inside he ought to answer the bell but keep on ringing while i knock again the heavy brass knocker again reverberated on the thick oak door and inspector selden placed his ear against the keyhole to ascertain if any sound was to be heard take your finger off that bell flack he commanded i cannot hear whether anybody is coming or not he remained in a listening attitude for half a minute and then plied the knocker again again he listened for footsteps within the house ring again flack keep on ringing while i go round the house to see if there is any way i can get in i may have to break a window don't move from here inspector selden went quickly round the side of the house trying the windows as he went towards the rear of the house on the west side he came across a curious abutment of masonry jutting out squarely from the wall on the other side of this abutment which gave the house something of an unfinished appearance were three french windows close together the blinds of these windows were closely drawn but the inspector's keen eye detected that one of the catches had been broken and there were marks of some instrument on the outside woodwork this looks like business he muttered he pulled open the window and walked into the room the light of an afternoon sun showed him that the apartment was a breakfast-room well and solidly furnished in an old-fashioned way with most of the furniture in covers as though the occupants of the house were away the daylight penetrated to the door at the far end of the room it was wide open and revealed an empty passage inspector selden walked into the passage the drawn blinds made the passage seem quite dark after the bright august sunshine outside but he produced an electric torch and by its light he saw that the passage ran into the main hall his footsteps echoed in the empty house the electric bell rang continuously as flack pressed it outside 
Inspector Selden walked along the passage to the hall, flashing his torch into each room he passed. He saw nothing, and went to the front door to admit Flack. "'That is enough of that noise, Flack,' he said. "'Come inside and help me search the house above. "'It's empty on this floor, so far as I've been over it. "'If you find anything, call me, and mind you do not touch anything. "'Where did you say the library was?' "'I don't know, sir.' "'Well, look about you on the ground floor while I go upstairs. "'Call me if you hear anything.' Inspector Selden mounted the stairs swiftly in order to continue his search. The staircase was a wide one, with broad shallow steps thickly carpeted, and a handsome carved mahogany baluster. The inspector, flashing his torch as he ran up, saw a small electric lightning in the wall before he reached the first landing. The catch of the light was underneath, and Inspector Selden turned it on. The light revealed that the stairs swept round at that point to the landing on the first floor, which was screened from view by heavy velvet hangings, partly caught back by the bent arm of a marble figure of Diana, which faced downstairs with its other arm upraised and about to launch a hunting spear. By this graceful device the curtains were drawn back sufficiently to give access to the corridor on the first floor. Inspector Selden looked closely at the figure and the hangings. Something strange about the former arrested his eye. It was standing awry on its pedestal, was indeed almost toppling over. He looked up and saw that one of the curtains supported by the arm hung loosely from one of the curtain rings. It was as though some violent hand had torn the curtain in passing almost dragging it from the pool and precipitating the figure down the stairs immediately beyond the landing in the corridor was a door on the right flung wide open the inspector entered the room with the open door it was a large room forming part of the front of the house a lofty large room partly lighted by the half-drawn blind of one of the windows one side was lined with bookshelves in the corner of the room farthest from the door was a roll-top desk, which was open. In the centre of the room was a table, and a huddled-up figure was lying beside it, in a dark pool of blood which had oozed into the carpet. The inspector stepped quickly back to the landing. "'Flack!' he called, and unconsciously his voice dropped to a sharp whisper in the presence of death. "'Flack! Come here!' When Flack reached the door of the library, he saw his chief kneeling beside the prostrate body of a dead man. The body lay clear of the table, near the foot of an armchair. Instinctively, Flack walked on tiptoe to his chief. "'Is he dead, sir?' he asked. "'Cold and stiff,' replied the inspector in a hushed voice. "'He's been dead for hours.' Flack noted that the body was fully dressed, and he saw a dark stain above the breast where the blood had welled forth and soaked the dead man's clothes and formed a pool on the carpet beside him. Inspector Selden opened the dead man's clothes. Over his heart he found the wound from which the blood had flowed. "'There it is, Flack,' he said, touching the wound lightly with his finger. "'It doesn't take a big wound to kill a man.' As he spoke, the sharp ring of a telephone bell from downstairs reached them. 
"'That's Inspector Chippenfield,' said Inspector Selden, rising to his feet. "'Stay here, Flack, till I go and speak to him.'" End of chapter 1 of The Hampstead Mystery by John R. Watson and Arthur G. Rees Read by Lars Rolander